Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Two working stiffs that love comics, movies, games, and more bring their nerd conversation and observations to you. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's NerdPod, where they give you their opinion on whatever they want. Hey, don't complain. You're listening to their show. Coach, K-Rock, take it away. Welcome back to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock. Welcome back. Episode 6. Here we are. Six, that's six weeks worth. It's crazy. It is. I know. It's good though. I uh, am having a blast. Going by in a blink of an eye too. So much is happening. It is. So we're we're preparing because it's coming. The the apocalypse of movies that uh, should break the movie theaters is right around the corner. Uh, so I'm super pumped about that. As of recording, six days. No, five days away. And we will be there. I don't know that I'm going to be able to wait it out for our Saturday tickets that we have. Um, I think I actually may need to go on opening night because I don't know, like for Civil War, I'm not sure I was this excited uh, as I am right now. It's insane. Like, I'm so excited. I think it's the, the releasing more information and you're hearing things. And yeah, so I'm just super pumped. Yeah, me too, man. I can't cannot wait for this this film to come out. So, uh, what have you been up to? Well, this week I, uh, interestingly enough, got my DNA results back, and um, the the first thing that it said was that I was related to the god of thunder. So, uh, that that right. So, that there's one positive thing is that I'm sh- you're from As- Asgard. As I am yeah. I am not Asgardian, but I did see uh no, yep, some some Swede in there and he's, you know, we know that uh Thor is really the Norse god uh in mythology. So, uh, maybe he is from Asgard, I don't know, but I uh I there is some d- significant Norwegian ties to my bloodline. The and again, I I kind of knew everything that was on there um but i'm I'm doubling down on the icelander i I think that's cool i think being able to say i'm from iceland and i'm icelandic or an icelander like that's way better than i'm french or irish like icelander i don't know i think it's so that's what that's what i'm deciding so after everything is all said and done i am saying i'm going with icelander that's that's what so icelander italian that's my not to be confused with Highlander no, no, Italian. Not the Highlander Italian, no. Definitely not. <laughs> I heard they're remaking that movie. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, really? I did not hear that. And I can just tell you this, that I don't know if you knew this. Highlander, one of my favorite movies. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, oh, that, that... There can only be one. Yeah. They, <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. It's, yeah, I grew up on that movie. It was like that movie, Conan the Barbarian, um, Excalibur. Those were like staples, mm. right? I did my um, DNA last year, and no surprises here. Fifty-six percent of me was uh, from Great Britain. Western Europe was another eleven percent. Another eleven percent um, Ireland, and uh, so clearly Western European. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, uh, we can't hold it against <laughs> you completely. I guess um, no, it's 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 all good because I think many of the. Uh, people and especially from this area uh, on the east coast uh, represent a lot of those things but it's still fun to see what i was more really more surprised by was people's reaction to it like uh 
people saying like, how so? Well, like, like I put it out on Facebook and I was like, ah, oh, I didn't know like I was Jewish or, you know, and, it, and it's kind of like one of those Jewish African things, right? Where uh, many people have, it was such a small percentage. Um, and not that I, I would certainly embrace it. I no, no, no problem uh, if I came back African or if I came back, whatever it is, but um, very small percentage came back uh, of Jewish. And so I put that on Facebook that I was I was not surprised by the the Irish, the German, the Italian and the Icelander, but I was surprised by the Jewish and Spanish. And then uh, the response I got was, and I think some of it's tongue in cheek, but people are like, you know, now it's it's your fault if your clone shows up three years from now and shoots you in the face, and <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, that. kind of a, kind of a funny comment. But there are people like my sister in law that refuse to take the DNA test because they think that they really think that they think that somebody is tracking that. And I guess either you're a conspiracy theorist that possibly thinks the world is flat or that somebody blew up the towers on 9-11 or you're not and you think that somebody's going to steal your DNA to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's the same thing with the Facebook with the, uh, and I don't know if you saw Zuckerberg in front of Congress, but it's the greatest thing watching somebody explain the internet I watched to it. old people. The best thing ever. Like, it, it was really funny, especially coming from the world we come from. But uh, I digress. The so so there are people that believe that, and uh, that's fine. You want if you want to be a conspiracy theorist, I'm completely cool with it. I personally don't buy it. I don't think that Cambridge Analytics is doing anything crazy with my like, I'm going on Facebook like if you think that you're sharing your stuff and and it's not getting used you're an idiot and you deserve your stuff to be stolen like don't put anything sensitive on there and nothing will happen you moron so I, I feel that way the same thing like what are they going to do with my DNA they're going to clone me like do they want to take on my you know student loan debt too like uh, it's ridiculous in my opinion and then somebody else that we both know says to me uh, uh, that now the Mormons own something, something. Like, there's all... And I'm like, it's just fun. I called my cousin. I'm like, hey, did you know that we're Icelanders? She's like, no. Like, that's what it's... It's fun, and that's what it's about. Like, there's no Mormon church conspiracy. Nobody's stealing your DNA. Just stop it. Please stop. Yeah, sorry. So (laughs) I'm with you. I don't know, right? Just fun. Isn't it just fun? conspiracy theories. You notice how those are... uh, I don't know. To put it in a word, they're kind of selfish thinking, like inward thinking. They, very, very inward thinking. Uh, everything impacts me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a whole, and I don't know why I did, on the Flat Earth people. And I, I just, I think that people, and, and I think, we, we don't want to get into a political discussion here, but I think people dig in for the sake of digging in because they want to be different because they want to be and you can't rationalize with those people and i was so compelled to jump on the internet and become a troll and be like you're an idiot and you don't like what get off get away from people because you don't deserve to hang out but then i'm like ah there's nothing i could ever say to any of those people to change their mind no amount of facts i couldn't take them up in a spaceship and show them that the earth is curved and, and because they would find a reason why it's not. They would say, oh, it was, uh, you drugged me before. And, you know, that I, I was watching something the other day on school shootings, too. These two crazy people show up at uh, mass shooting sites and 
think that they're all conspiracies by the government. And I'm like, man, like showing up to people's house who lost children and knock on their doors and say, we don't believe that you ever had a kid that was killed. Like, you know, torturing these poor people. Uh, and, and so I think uh, it, these are weird times right now, which is why we you need to listen to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock because we're not going to talk to you about that stuff. We're going to talk to you about idiocy. We're going to talk to you about movies and video games. So I say, I say bring it here, right? Embrace the nerddom and just get away from all the negativity. We don't want that. Agreed. Good. Well awesome. said, man. Love it. So uh, let's jump in. Let's let's go weekend geek. So first and foremost, mini me, uh, Vern Troyer. I think he was in other things too. Unfortunately, uh, passed away at the age of forty nine years old. I I yep. think there was a lot of confusion. Like a lot of people, were like I thought he was already dead, but but that was the other. Uh, I think what people were confusing it with was was Kid Rock, uh, Kid Rock's guy that was on stage with him past i think a lot of people mix those two up really yeah i think i think a lot did yeah. because I, I i saw a lot on the internet of i really thought this guy died a couple of years ago i didn't know that he was still around he but listen no he was still plugging the uh, commercials doing shoes he was making a lot of appearances right to the end so he was active like if you followed him on um you know instagram or twitter like Vern Troyo was still working yeah. right up to the end i think no, that's great and he listen i think that it's it's hard to do any role, right? I, I think I think to get it to land a movie, even regardless of your situation, uh, and own it the way that he did. I mean, he'll be famous for that role for the rest of his life. But think about the 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 comedic chops that it took to, you know, to do that role and to um and and own it and own the comedic stuff to to get it done. And and so I give him a lot of credit. I know he did other stuff as well. He will be uh, sorely missed, man. He was uh, he was a, a good, talented guy, and uh, there was yeah. certainly hilarious in those movies, uh, man. The best, and uh, certainly an outpouring of support from uh, from Hollywood and all people on Twitter and uh, other social media. So yeah, sad sad times. Um, but uh, in other other Hollywood news, uh, did you see the new Halloween uh, poster? I did. I did. Huge Halloween fan, man. Uh, my favorite horror movie of all time. Uh, I'm going, you know, I watch it every year. And so the new poster, if you guys haven't seen it, is it's just the Michael Myers. It's a picture of the killer with the, the mask, really close up, but it's all worn down. And it's got an October release date, which I'm happy. I hated when they put the movies out in August. It just seemed way too early. Uh, so this new story, which uh, has John Carpenter involved, who is also saying this is the last Halloween movie of all time. I think we've heard that a few times already, but we'll see. Uh, but anyway, this story picks up right after the original one ends. Or or not right after, but you know what I mean? There's nothing in between the first movie from 78 and this movie. So they're ignoring all the other films in between the two points, which I don't necessarily hate. I think it's a... I would like to see this take on it, because particularly Danny McBride... The comedian, he's involved as a writer, and um, he's also working with David Gordon Green, who is the producer from Vice Principal. So these guys have a history together. So really interested to see this. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is involved. Uh, like I said, John Carpenter. Um, all the makings of a uh, hopefully a classic Halloween movie, which I think we've been missing for a long time. Oh, for sure. And 
you know, it's interesting that this is coming out uh, and that John Carpenter's involved. I, I'm, I've never been a huge Rob Zombie guy, um, although The Devil's Rejects had a certain feel to it uh, that... And, and I was really pleased uh, earlier this month to learn that uh, filming has begun on the Devil's Reject sequel, I guess it's called, uh, or wow. the working title. Excellent. Working title is Three from Hell. Um, so again, I, you know, I, I go to the side of create new fresh content. So that is something that he created, that universe, leave Halloween alone. And, and I, so... I'm happy to see Rob Zombie do that. I'm happy to see that. And that's something new that we're seeing more is that uh, there people are jumping in, filmmakers are jumping in and saying, yep, we're ignoring this, this, and this. Uh, I think I think Hollywood is, was afraid to do that before. I think that people weren't going to follow along and they weren't going to get the message. But the way that we share information now, I think it's okay. And I think they can find ways to do that. I think had they been brave enough had hollywood been brave enough to do that sooner we would have been able to jump past a lot of bad things and uh, and bad movies so uh, i love it and and i know that they're doing that with terminator as well cameron is doing so they're jumping cameron's back involved which is yeah that gets to the point it's it's I, I get excited when the original uh, creators are back, like Ridley Scott with Prometheus and even Alien Covenant, which I liked, which is what Danny McBride, when Danny McBride first revealed that he was working on this Halloween movie, it was during the Alien movie. But they always have the right tone, right? The right feeling when you're watching it, when the original um, creator is involved. Yeah, and and so so that's exciting. And I think I... I, I haven't watched a Halloween movie. I think I watched the H2O with uh, LL Cool J, maybe. I don't know. It's just so bad. and uh, Terrible movie. Yeah, really, oh really God. bad. And, um, I mean, I might have watched... The last good one would have been the fourth movie, which is the one where he showed up 10 years later um, and he was going after his niece. That was the last one that I, I still enjoy watching today. The rest of them are meh. They're, a, yeah. They're Halloween movies. <laughs> right. No, no. And I get that. Cheesy Halloween yeah. movies. So uh, so two things to be excited about is uh, is this Halloween and certainly Three from Hell, which, again, the, is the working title of the uh, the Devil's Rejects sequel. So that's really cool. Um, and you mentioned Alien. Uh, so when we talk about Alien, and, and you brought up a really great point, and it's a perfect segue into what we're, what we're talking about, Alien 3... Um, is is widely yes. widely discussed as a, a terrible movie that uh, it missed the mark where it actually cut scenes that were really crucial to the plot line and so uh, they were in such a rush to get it out that it cut out major plot points so that the movie was not understandable and so uh, the fact that it was part of a franchise and part of an existing canon was the only reason why it made any money at all there was no word of mouth there was no it's it's, it's widely uh, panned or penned as as uh, a terrible movie and unfortunately for um, our friends at Fox and Ryan Reynolds Deadpool 2 had screened earlier this week uh, and and Twitter uh, folks went to Twitter now I'm gonna I'm gonna give this little caveat is that a test screening 
is not like a review session. So it's not like the Rotten Tomatoes guys are going in and you have those set critics. That usually happens the week before a movie's released so that it can get published into the papers and all of that. Yeah. So at that point, the movie's done. It. It's like right. it's ready to be released. Exactly yeah. right. Test screening, so ahead. test screenings yep. are not that. Test screenings are, you know, they're, they're measuring favorables, likability of characters. There's still eight weeks until release, roughly. Uh, yeah, just about eight. Well, no, I'm sorry. Four or five weeks until release. We're talking about the end of May. So I think that they can still make some adjustments. And But, but the early viewings and folks, the anonymous folks on Twitter uh, have compared it to Alien 3. That uh, there's oh, some... That's not, not good It news. is not good news. <laughs> and uh, that there was some, there, some major plot holes and that they're in trouble. So... I think that in this day and age where the technology works the way that it does and CG is not hard to set and that you can really do filmings and you can really uh, do things quickly, I think that if there is a major problem like that, it'll get caught and fixed before it's released. Uh, and this is, again, speculation. People are not stamping their name to this being the, the uh, their review. But what I will say is multiple sources and multiple people reporting that the test screening did not go good. Favorables were low on uh, multiple characters and plot line was the biggest problem. But uh, on the and, and, uh, but on the other side, uh, there was a couple of folks and I, and I grabbed a quote from one uh, who were completely on the other side of this argument. Now, I'll say that these folks were way less. I'll say that there was less people coming and stepping in to defend it than there were uh, talking about the plot hole problems. But this was a quote that I pulled from sort of an anonymous Twitter user was uh, have seen a completely untrue report of Deadpool 2 testing poorly. From what I heard, the first two test screenings both scored over 90, with the second one scoring close to the top mark, uh, which is 100% would recommend. That's what that category is. Uh, also spoken to people who saw it, everyone said it's excellent, fans will love. So, uh, uh, listen, this is the world that we live in that you and I have to report on test screenings. Um, but I, I think that's something to watch. I think we were worried. We were worried about Solo, which I'm going to get into next. But we were not worried about Deadpool. We that's not going to concern at all. We've just assumed that it's going to it's going to give us exactly what the first movie gave us, which is uh, you know nearly X-rated content uh, from a language and violence perspective or an NC-17 rating. And that it's going to push the envelope and push the limits and it's going to take shots at people that it shouldn't take shots at. And I don't know if you saw this week, he took a shot at the Teen Titans movie. He took a shot at um, uh, at the, um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the DCU, uh, the Extended Universe. And this week, T T Teens Tit Teen Titans actually took a shot back. So you could look that up uh, on, tw on I Twitter. I thought there was also going to be a Thanos shot as well. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I think you're right. So... Um, Chris Brolin. <laughs> so that's scary for me, right? That it's scaring me because uh, we were worried about Solo, but not worried about Deadpool. And so even if a couple of people are saying, even if 10 people that were in that screening room had had to say that the plot lines were, were not good, that's alarming because I, I was expecting a home run there. So obviously we're going to keep our eyes on it, but uh, a little alarming. Little You didn't hear that the first time. You, you know, Last time it did debut in Tribeca and it destroyed. I mean, it just killed. It, it, it certainly yeah, won the Yeah, no one saw it coming. No one saw that movie coming out of, out of left wheel like the way it did. Deadpool 
was incredible. We we saw it Valentine's Day, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it came right around that time, I think. That's right. Um, so yeah, I'm very concerned out. about yeah. the second one. Yeah, that's not. So we'll see. Um, that that's a little alarming. But you, you take these reports tongue in cheek, right? And, and you know, everyone's quick to go and 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 criticize things. So hopefully that's what all this is, um, and just being noisy about it when they shouldn't. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. that would be the certainly the hope. Um, and, but on the flip side of this. Um, Somebody on Twitter, uh, another anonymous Twitter user, uh, in a Q&A with Ron Howard asked if this was a movie that uh, I think her daughter or her mother would enjoy, speaking of Solo, uh, Solo a Star Wars story. And uh, Ron Howard then revealed his own uh, version of that test screening, which was immensely positive. Um, I think I, I he didn't say it. Uh, specifically, but I heard uh, through the interwebs that both first question, second question, 90 plus uh, score. So uh, fans are loving it, come right out of the gate and great. And he's saying, yeah, it, this is a, this is a great movie that people are going to love. Obviously, the director is going to say that, but uh, overwhelmingly positive uh, in in the uh, in that realm. So that's exciting. Uh, and so is it just me or am I still even hearing that? I'm still nervous about Solo. Like, I, I still don't trust what they're saying. Like, I, I don't know. I just, the movie still, ha- I'm not excited about it. Um, I, I I think it looks good and it's going to hit all the, the, you know, the Star Wars nerd marks for me. But are am, am I being too uh, pessimistic here? I, like, I think it, you might. I mean, I don't know. I, I... I think that you can't constantly hit home runs. And although, I mean, we do have the prequel trilogy and those are terrible. So uh, for the most part, widely terrible. There was some some good things in there. But, um, you know, Darth Maul and a couple other things. But the the acting was certainly not in there. But so I feel like right now with The Force Awakens, the, the way that it broke records and... Um, people are going to show up. I mean, they're creating worlds at Disney around this, but, and they, they're certainly going to make money. I think we know that it's going to make money. Uh, just like ready player, ready player one, uh, not a, a, a great reviewed movie, but, uh, it checked the boxes. It just made 500 million worldwide, uh, massive success. I mean, that's a huge number, 500 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, there's no doubt. Solo is going to make it's the money. Gonna make just, the money. I'm not excited about uh, it. So, uh, but I think that they're bound, they're bound for a, a, a disaster here. I think they dodged a bullet with rogue one. They, they, I think they're going to have a disastrous movie that Mar- Marvel is the only one consistently getting it done, uh, where they only have maybe one movie in that canon that, uh, they could take back if they, if they could, they would take back if they could. So, uh, but I think until, I think Rogue One was good enough to carry my faith, right? If they, because they switched directors the same way, because there was a lot wrong with that movie and it came out and, and Darth Vader destroyed it. It it was amazing. It surprised me and made me very, like, as a a fan of Star Wars, it made me so happy to, to watch Rogue One. I loved it. So you're right. I mean, maybe I'm just being too... Um, very two were protective. Very similar, <laughs> very similar reports, yeah. right? When when you have to switch characters and you have to switch uh, directors, and now you take a leading man, you turn him. That they made a lot of changes in that movie. Uh, very similar to this one, and I, I don't listen. Ron Howard has not 
always made the, the greatest movies of all time. I mean, some of those Robert Langdon, Dan Brown, uh, you know, the later movies, pretty bad. And he, Da Vinci Code and movies. All those. And I mean, some of them were mm-hmm. good, but the, the end couple were not great. And so I don't think that he's uh, the Teflon Don of directors, but uh, I think that they clearly have invested more in the marketing. So I think the reshoots have been strong enough. I think knowing what I know about the movie industry, I think that we have a good movie on our hands. So I, yeah. cool. Good to hear. I'm, I'll, I'm not saying I won't see it. I will see it very you know, close to opening, but yeah, I, I'm hoping I walk out of there the same way I walked out of uh, row one. Just, Pumped. Yeah, they, I'm excited to go see it again. They had your money the minute they announced it, so <laughs> they did. And um, and I yep. think that they will. They haven't announced the Kenobi is actually being a storyline. I think they. I felt like they were waiting to announce a Kenobi standalone movie that Ewan McGregor um, in between when he's on. Um, see, that would be great and it's perfect he's the right age to play that age of the character. Yes, and 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 you, know? you don't get opportunities like that, but. Here's what I here's what I imagined is that and what here's what I thought that they had in mind was that they would reveal that JJ would reveal or whoever Ryan Johnson with JJ's tip of the hat would reveal that Ray was a Kenobi and then they would announce the Kenobi movie so that it would give the storyline like that backstory would lead into uh, who who the mother was and who like all of that stuff that that not her not Kenobi's daughter but maybe granddaughter however in his lineage or whatever that's what, what where really what I thought was going to happen boom movie two you find out she's a Kenobi at the end of movie two and after Solo airs they announce the Kenobi movie and then you get Ray's backstory that seems like a completely reasonable and actually exciting storyline but thanks to Ryan Johnson we're not going to get that so um, <laughs> anyway we well not that way maybe maybe something but not that way <laughs> not that way I guess um, um yeah yeah <laughs> So we um, getting into a spoiler zone here. So turn away. We are going into a spoiler zone. So uh, you finished Bosch, right? I Season did. Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished it um, the other night, maybe. Yeah, the other night. Emotional roller coaster, huh? Oh my huh? god, man! I, gosh, that I just it was so. I have never. I can't remember a time in a police uh, procedural drama, uh, maybe since The Wire, if you would consider that show where I was shocked enough and moved and compelled to, to tears and Bosch season four did it for me. It, it, it did. Took yeah. me there. We we lost a beloved character, one I think I liked. I know I liked, um, you know, my, I think you liked Eleanor Wish. Yeah, Eleanor's uh, great. The wife. Yeah. Played by Sarah Clark, who did a phenomenal job. She goes back to twenty four. Yeah. Jack Bauer, right? Jack Days. Bauer's Keeper. wife, ex wife. Yep. yep. Yeah, Eleanor Wish. Like, and and so matter of factly, like just killed. And you know, it's funny. I was watching it. I heard the motor coming, and the, and I just screamed no at the TV. And then they gunned her down. Like I could, and right in front of them. If you saw that that scene, um, I thought they I. 
first I thought it was a little choppy and a little hacky the way that they did it uh, because you clearly saw it coming, right? You had a good four or five seconds where she's standing there holding up the phone where you instantly know that she's maybe not going to die, but at least going to get shot. And uh, and then I rewatched it and the reason why they shot it like that was clearly for anticipation and buildup. Like what an incredible, I I want you to go back and watch the scene and play it back of the timing of that scene. Give a lot of credit to the director of that episode for, because again, I thought at first it was led there, but the excitement level and what it does to you emotionally, really great timing by the director of that episode. Really great. Oh, it's incredible. And the realism of the scene, like Titus Wolliver plays Bosch, um, you know, trying to give her CPR and then calling in, you know, units to come, you know, sending a rescue. And then by the time they arrive, she's she's passed. And it was just the realism of the scene, like, it just caught me. Like, I know. And I think the season did that a lot, um, where it's just they, they, they showed what it's really like. Um, you know, being you know a detective or a homicide detective or or, or um, investigating a case like the Koreatown uh, killer. You know, we've seen KTK now. I think for at least one season, full season, uh, he's the the guy on the bike who you know, who, who just killing people, and he randomly gets hit by a car that he's trying to jack, and he's killed. And then Creighton Barrel happened to figure it out through fingerprinting, like, oh, that. KTK, we captured him. We got him. And I guess that's how sometimes it plays out. Yeah. They'll be going after a serial killer like KTK, and just by happenstance, they solve the crime versus one that's going unending. So that was a very realistic way that that played out, which I thought was really interesting when I read about and, that. And it's a great point. And I want to, I need to go back and watch the, the season again, uh, which I'm, I, I might start the entire series over uh, from one. Because, and you touch on a really good point, is the is the journey that they take you on as a police procedural, as, uh, and it doesn't have the serious, it doesn't have a Hill Street Blues feeling, it doesn't have a homicide life on the street or a wire feeling, it has an entirely separate feeling that it, it it's original and and so it brings you in and helps you understand what it's like. But on the emotional end and on the me being a father of a daughter that's not far away from Maddie's age uh, is for me, that was one of the most uh, gripping uh, and tear jerking parts was that him breaking the news and bringing her along that journey that they just lost her mother. Uh, and yeah, the, and, the whole that scene was uh, crazy. Just, just uh, going to school, getting her out of school, like it, it just like the realism behind it is just. I mean, Michael Connolly, who's the author of the book, and he's he writes I think two shows a season. Um, he just nailed it on every sense. This the show itself is amazing, but this season in particular, like he just nailed and it. And a lot of credit. Now, listen, if you look at at content that is out there and you look at at the decision making process in the rooms and the room where it happens you would think if you pitched another gray's anatomy type show or a, a forensic science csi ncis type show or if you pitched another law and order what you would think that all right it's it's done it's over it's old like stop creating these shows because that's the whatever the 10 o'clock 
three networks, right? ABC, NBC, CBS will always have a, a drama that has those things in there. And it be- police, fire, yeah, rescue, police, one yeah, of those Chicago three. fire, all of that, right? And you would think, how many times can you do this? And the American public is getting smarter than that. And then you get a show like this that pushes the envelope and changes the game. And I think that people are really missing the boat. And both of us have tweeted about this show. And both of us have gotten retweets or likes from people that are involved in the show. And that, that to me, says that uh, not enough people are watching. Not enough people are watching this show. And if, if we can serve the purpose of watch this show because... And, and for the first two seasons, I can't even really explain what is so compelling and captivating about the show. I can't tell you why in those seasons that I'm tied in and brought in so much, but I am, and, and I'm fully bought in. I hope this show goes for 10 seasons, and I hope it's here yeah. for a long time. Season five, they're 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 in on it. Um, I do know that it's going to be set about a year later. Um, I read this with one of the... Um, uh, the producers so it's going to be about a year later and there's going to be it's going to I think explore the the bond between Bosch and Maddie you know father and daughter who he wasn't around for the beginning of her life like they were he was estranged for a while and um, so it's going to be exploring that bond and I'm sure there's going to be some challenges in whatever casework it's going to come along so uh, yeah Great show. I agree with you, man. And it's just one of those things like I hope it gets more eyes. I know. Because it certainly deserves it. And it needs to be on for a long time. A- as long as it – the source material is so darn strong. And if you're not reading the Bosch books from Michael Connolly, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's a fun, fun read. And just get it on Audible. Uh, listen to it. It's it's great. Yeah. It, it brings me back and reminds me of um, when Robert Ludlow was writing The Bourne. The Born books. That's oh, yeah. that, that's what makes me. That's a good call. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Uh, discovering uh, Jason Bourne is very similar uh, to discovering Harry Bosch and uh, the storylines. And you hope some of your favorite storylines get converted over into the uh, into the show. So, and I think you would like this particularly, uh, Coach, because um, the way Connolly writes these. So you have the Bosch line, and you have the the McCaleb line. So he has different characters in this universe that are all interwoven at some point through those books so he has like three or four different storylines all different living in their own way like kind of like the mcu right. well he has the Connolly universe and all these characters are interwoven in some way sometimes they cross paths sometimes they don't um so the books themselves are really fun but there's a lot of them so you'll you'll have a lot of reading to do it'd be great for your next cruise yeah seriously <laughs> which actually may be coming in november now we uh we're so addicted. Oh, we're so addicted that we need to go back again. If you, oh man, it's unbelievable. So I get it. I get um, it. And and stay. Well, so on the subject of yeah, uh, staying on TV, I actually just wanted to to note that excitingly, we're only six or seven hours away from the Westworld premiere of season two, and uh, I am super, super, super excited. I believe that this is the uh, the next major piece. I think this season is gonna really bring people along. I think you're gonna expect anarchy and chaos and it's going to be madness and i can't we'll, we'll be definitely reviewing uh maybe not per episode but we'll be doing check-ins on westworld throughout um yeah so that that's really exciting i'm excited about tonight 
So glad for that. I mean, HBO has, has been very smart about their their original content, making sure it lives its life um, and you know start, middle, and end in a nice way, a nice arc. Um, can't say the same about another network, cable network, Stars. They're on my list right I now. I know they are. Um, I know they are. Canceled my favorite show, um, one of my favorite all-time series of, of movies going back uh, when I was a kid. Uh, so the Ash versus Evil Dead was canceled just after three seasons. What a waste of original content! It was one of the highest rated shows. Rotten Tomatoes had a ninety nine percent average user scores ninety five percent original material, original source. Uh, Sam Raimi was still involved. Bruce Campbell, the original actor from Evil Dead One from nineteen eighty, still involved today. Uh, Over the top schlock. It just it makes me so angry and, and really begs into question if content gets picked up if you create a show like Ash vs. Evil Dead and it's picked up by a Stars or a Showcase or a Cinemax we're going to leave HBO because they don't they, they're different than them is it a kiss of death? That's a great question and you know? I don't, but I, I don't think so anymore um, because you Stars, Showcase, and Cinemax what has come from them that it has survived. Um, weeds, maybe. Yeah, um, weeds. Um, Dexter was on Showtime. That ran. Um, it didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't have the greatest ending. I'll say, but but no, it, terrible. Yeah, terrible. Maybe one of the all-time terrible endings. Um, and I, I think that Ray Donovan and I think some of those shows are really, really, really terrible. Um, I did five seasons of episodes with Matt LeBlanc and that from a comedy's perspective was a really good show. Uh, but you're right. But here's the good news. And and this is what I wanted to, to, to say is that here's the good news. Here's what I wanted to say was that there is no more kiss of death where it used to be. Uh, look, Arrested Development gets picked up and made. Um, there are other shows that that, and, that are getting picked up and they're rewriting and starting new storylines uh, from a, a show that was a, a fan favorite show that was canceled. So uh, I think that Stars did, I think that Stars is only a regional, uh, not every cable company carries Stars to begin with. So I'm not sure that you can get it on Time Warner or Comcast in certain areas. They have different offerings for Fios and whatever. So I, I think that it needs a better uh, off. It needs a better place to live, and I think that any of the three that we constantly talk about—Hulu, Netflix, and Prime Video—are. I think that if you make noise and if you are on signing the petition, I bet one already exists. If you go to Reddit or go and dig in, find people, find the people that are upset. Netflix is spending literally billions of dollars on creating content. That's a strong show with a strong base following. Maybe not good enough because it relies on traditional ratings. It has to get the ratings. It has to get the eyeballs during when it views on stupid whatever, Sunday night, where it's competing with other things. It needs to be in its own segment where you can binge it and do all of that. And and I think that if if your group of people that love that show make noise, make enough noise, you'll get it back. Mm-hmm. I can already tell you there's a star's cancellation is happening um, because of this. Um, we're a loyal, loyal rabbit fan base, and we pick up stars for this show. So there's a lot of people who are running away from stars going, why, why, why do I have it? 
it's just a waste of money at this point. I'd rather go get Hulu or Prime or Netflix, who has way better content, who actually cares about their their shows. Exactly. And I think the more that we're going to be able to pinpoint this kind of, of content and be able to put it in a place, and especially now with Disney coming up, Disney is losing. Think about all the ABC shows all of the Disney original material, all of the Marvel material, all of the rest of the Lucasfilm stuff. Every All of that stuff is transferring out and going to Disney's standalone. It will be off of Netflix. It'll be very similar to when Jay-Z pulled all of his music off Spotify to put it on title. You're going to see the market will change with a fourth competitor into the market. So when Netflix loses all of that business, they're going to be pushing and driving for new content and uh i think that's why you're seeing you know look at look at what disney's doing i mean they just hired db weiss and david benioff of uh, game of thrones fame to start to to start directing their first television series for uh star wars so uh that's where i think podcasting and original television content is the wave of the future for entertainment i truly believe that so uh, you're right. I think there is a rabid fan base, and I think that you guys will get your show back. I hope so. All right. Well, um, let's move on uh, from this because I'll I'll scream about it forever if I'm allowed to. Uh, I did pick up God of War um, on the video game front. Uh, it was just released this week, and I you know, really in the beginning stages of the game, so I just started playing it. Early takeaway is. It's gorgeously designed. It is beautiful. The voice acting spot on and the controls, they're very intuitive, just a little different than what I'm used to, so I'm getting used to them right now, uh, especially the part where uh, he th- Kratos throws the axe and you can recall it back, and if you use the angles right, you can you know, hit the enemies just right. So the, the controls are a little off, um, but what I wanted to, to bring up is... The reaction video, there was a video posted on YouTube, uh, the reaction video from their director, Corey uh, Barlog, his name. He posted it, and I, I really want people to check this out um, because we talk a lot about movies and shows and everything. And this video really pulls and you know, shows you the emotion that goes along with these designers who put so much effort into these games. Um, you know, God of War, this version of it, took five years to create. Is way different than the first three games, which are way more just hack and slashers. This one has a beautiful storyline uh, with him and his son. And uh, the, so this video that Corey Barlow, the director, put out is him uh, reading the reviews online from like Metacritic and, and, and so on. And he gets choked up and emotional reading it. And you just see like this wave of emotion run over him because he's thinking back to this took five years of my life to create. That's a big amount of time. And I just don't think these, you know, these creators are getting the credit that a filmmaker does because these stories are rich, rich. The backstories are there. Um, the universe is there. No matter if it's an independent game or a triple A game like God of War, um, when it's done right, it's it's just as compelling as any movie you can see, if not more, because you are directly involved in the story and moving it along with your playing. So I I highly encourage people, if you have a PlayStation, if you don't have a PlayStation, this game is worth picking one up to play. That's great. I mean, so. that's a, a massive review. And, you know, we don't... I know that you're, you love games, um, and it's a big part of this this show and our, our own canon. Um, 
but uh, I've been amazed because it's it's uh, it's not a world that I uh, live in all that frequently, but it, it is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and it, they are as big now today as uh, as a movie. And on a Tuesday, a game will make as much as a big-budget blockbuster. So to see, and you'll hear big star voiceovers, you'll hear, and, and people are making money in this, which is why I do believe that esports and gaming and um, and these universes, and we clearly saw it in Ready Player One, that uh, that that is going to become more of a reality as we move forward because of exactly what you said because it takes five years because it's true character development because it's original content because of all of those things so as you progress in that game i i I can't wait to learn uh and and hear what you say about the the interaction piece and what makes it so compelling for you to continue to play and what that external interaction looks like but that's good stuff man it's exciting Thanks, man. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like that, that perfect point between reading a comic and actually being in the comic, if you think of it in those terms too. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, you're the you're the action point. You're the 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 spark that lights the match, so to say, and and everything else explodes after that. It's just you know it, it's fun, and and that's a big reason I I love gaming so much is when I find a game like God of War, it, it makes me like okay, I want to completely immerse myself in this universe. It's it's amazing. It's it's like a movie that. You can be in it as long as you want. You can hit pause and come back to it in a day or two and continue on. It's just, yeah. Very cool. It's fun. Very, very cool. So um, the last part of the show, we're going to devote to the thing that's coming up in about a week. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everyone knows what that thing is. Man, I, I, they, they haven't uh, done us wrong yet. Really, I mean, I I think um, we talk about the dark world sometimes as uh, being a little bit lackluster, uh, but even that is still a watchable movie. I mean, I wouldn't go back and seek it out because there's so much good content. But um, I I think that every time a release like this comes out, I I punched out on so many things, man, like The Walking Dead or like anything that I punch out of just because I lose interest and then. I feel like this is something that's personal to me, the Avengers, Captain America, all that stuff. But, ah, man, it's just, they they find a way to rope me in and they never disappoint me. And I am expecting no less on Saturday. Yeah. So Avengers Infinity War comes out this week, the 27th. We are... We have our tickets. We've had them bought the day they released, and we couldn't be more excited. Did you see this? And I, we shared it on. I don't know if you guys saw this at home. Um, we shared it on our Twitter feed at uh, Nerd Podacy. Uh, but the CNETs, Caitlin uh, Petra, uh, Petrakovitz, I think you say your name. Yeah. Pet- Petrakovitz. Um, Petrakovitz. That's it. Petrakovitz. Thank you. Po- she posted um, an order to to watch both the movies and the shows, and. Did did you take a look at that? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I'm only focused on the the, the movie part, but talk about a challenge. Like that's like once the like Black Panther's out and and Ant Man uh, and Wasp are out, you'll be able to do this entire timeline that she has put together, including the Netflix shows, the Shield. Everything's worked into this timeline, and, I, and Captain uh, or excuse, Agent Carter's in it, but the. I think it would be a great challenge to try to do. Probably take you about a month with all the, you know, watching all the shows, all the movies. But I focused just on the movie side. 
And I think, I don't think there's anything that surprised me here with the order she put out. I mean, I'm just going to read through it, and you stop me if there's something you feel is out of order. But Captain America, First Avenger, Iron Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, uh, Thor, the original Avengers, Avengers, Iron Man 3, then go to Thor Dark World, uh, 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 Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, followed by uh, Guardians 2, Ant-Man, Captain America Civil War, Black Panther, uh, she's got Doctor Strange after that, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, she puts in Ant-Man and the Wasp, which isn't out yet. Next, which I'm, which I'm curious as to what does she know about that movie. Then followed Avengers: Infinity War after that, and then she had actually has, you know, the other movies that are yet to be named listed in there too. So she's yeah, really it, doing her work. So I wonder what, which is interesting. I, you didn't stop me, so I'm guessing you're agreeing nah, with the I order mean, here. So I'm, I'm trying to do it in real time, um, and and think about everything in real time. I'm not positive about the Doctor Strange placement, honestly. Um, That may be the only thing that I move, but, I mean, uh, Doctor Strange shows up in Ragnarok, so the fact that that comes after that, I guess, is okay Um, in in that place. The only thing I may change is putting Doctor Strange before Black... I would go Civil War, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Homecoming, Ragnarok. That's that's probably what I would do. Um, yeah, because I think that it, even though Doctor Strange does not tie in at all to the Black Panther storyline, I think it's building a bigger... I think it, it, it's it's building the, the, the Thanos entrance, right? That's the most important thing is the Thanos entrance. And uh, what condition are our heroes in what condition are we in to to manage this threat? And uh, so I think going into Black Panther before you really see the uh, the power of what can come out of Wakanda, um, I guess it really in the in the overall scheme of things it doesn't matter that much uh, by flipping those movies. So uh, I think this is as good a run as any. But that's the only thing I would change. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what do you think? Um, so it's interesting. She put Ant Man and the Wasp on this list before Infinity War, but that comes out in the summer. What do you think about that? So uh, here's what I think about that. I think there's two things um, that I'm watching for in Ant Man and the Wasp. One is, um, you know, we learned at the end of that movie that Scott um, went into, um, you know, he, he shrunk to whatever they call it, supersonic, whatever, and, and, or sub, subatomic, yeah. subatomic. So, subatomic. That's and it. we also, so we, and we learned that he lived through that. Um, I, I think that the missing piece here that we don't understand is, is Hank Pym's wife, uh, the original wasp went into the depths in with a missile. Um, and, I believe that she may be alive and in in a comic storyline, not only was she alive, but she emerged because Hank left her out there. Uh, She felt like he abandoned her and went and lived his life, um, that she became a villain in the in the comic universe. So I think that that could still be a possibility where. where she she emerges and and all of that that could happen now 
the other the other thing that I'm going to be looking for is it looks as if Lawrence Fishburne is playing um, a role in which uh, he worked with Hank Pym early on the Pym Particle, and it looks like the new villain will be coming from him or is working with him. And I think that it's Smoke um, is a traditional Ant-Man villain. That's what I think that we, we're going to get. But uh, so, so those are the two things. Do we get smoke? Do we drive back uh, Hank Pym's wife as the original wasp? And, and uh, do we see a villain there? Do we does Hank go looking for her? Uh, and I think that that is all really important phase four material, which is why it's coming after Infinity War. What she could possibly know, I don't know. Gotcha. It's, it's curious that she has a timeline know, before Infinity War. I know, War. I know. Yeah, which is so I, makes me want to reach out to this to Caitlin and ask her, what, what, is, what do you know here? What, what, what's going on? What, what kind of secrets are you if, aware of that we, if, we don't if, know? If you want my opinion, I, I think it may be a mistake um, on her part. I think that she may have thought that it came out or is coming out before because the trailers are there. Um, so unless she, she spoke of it directly, I think that you might find... Because again, if if you know that much about the uh, the storylines, you'll know that Phase Four heavily relies on uh, on on this, you know, because Captain Marvel is going to tie in with this as well. Uh, there's going to be Captain Marvel in the comics brings a time travel element to the MCU, which is going to fundamentally change the way that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe works. And uh, it's going to open up for so many things. And so that that that's why they're waiting for Captain Marvel. If if I am right, if they actually bring time travel in, uh, it's going to be exciting. So, uh, yeah, I think she cool. might be off on so this. So good list. Yeah, for sure. All right. So go to our Twitter feed at NerdPodacy, and you'll find that CNET article there. Uh, has a great order to watch these movies, and you guys get your homework this week. Full show. So what do you think is going to happen? What are you looking at for Infinity War? Boy, I mean, uh, uh, I think that that people will die. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, 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 I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think that uh, that vision that, that, that Tony sees... Um, not sure that it's going to exactly go out like that, although it could, um, because it doesn't actually show anybody as dead or dismembered or disfigured. So there could be something that happens with Thanos that he knocks those those people out or, you know, there's some kind of spell. They use the one of the stones to uh, put them under some kind of a spell and get into maybe the Mind Stone, something like that. Um, so I don't think that what you saw there uh, is actually um, a prediction of death, but... Um, Here's the thing. He's a really, really powerful guy. Um, I think he's going to live through both movies unless they find a way, because I truly believe uh, that Adam Warlock will be the one that takes down Thanos. Um, he's the only one capable of it right this this minute that have been discussed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I, I think that anything can happen. I think that you're, you're, you should prepare yourself to be shocked uh, I think nobody's safe. That's what I think. All right. Which leads us to our Mount Rushmore in anticipation for Infinity War. Who do we think is going to die? <laughs> yeah. I th- well, we know that somebody. So let's. Uh, and this is an interesting one. It really is. Um, so we'll start you. I off. mean, the first spot, uh, Captain America. Um, I. There's nothing telling me that you, 
what the Chris Evans is doing and and what we know about the Infinity War saga and what was supposed to happen in Civil War um, to lead me to think otherwise. I think he's the most obvious one that we're going to lose. I think you're. I think you're right, and I think that don't let the the signing of the of that one movie extension throw you because of what I just said. I mean, I, I just, um, I, I do believe that Captain Marvel will include time travel. Um, so whether that happens in, in Infinity War, uh, I'm sorry, in Captain Marvel the movie or Infinity War 2 or, uh, yeah, Infinity War 2, um, I, I think that you're going to see an old school Cap, not, I th- and, and I think it's very possible that he goes. Uh, in my opinion, you remember, we were walking into Civil War and I said, if they don't kill him today, as painful as it's going to be, I'm going to be disappointed. He, he should have gone uh, at the end of one, but I can see this happening here now that they didn't do it in Civil War. Yeah, I think for the character arc for the movies, this this will make if it happens will make the most sense. It'll also have the biggest impact. Yep. Sure will, and I'll be sad. It'll be hard, but uh, what they what we've seen from the the Phase Four group, I think that we're in really good hands. All right, next. So I say, Hawkeye, Clint Barton. Um, has a very high likelihood, and, and here's why. My my rationale behind it is, you know, everybody's got a lot of interesting backstories, and there was a lot of standalone movies, and a lot of people will say the reason why they gave him the backstory with the, you know, hiding at his farm, and that there's a wife and kids, and don't go and die on me, all of that. Some people say it's because he didn't get his standalone movie, because he, he we did not, you know, we weren't able to dig into his character. I think the opposite. I think that... Uh, the reason why it, it was a fully emotional tie-in. The second that I saw his wife come on that screen and his children and his house, I said, that's it, he's gone, he's dead. Uh, there was no emotional tie to him at all. They hadn't delved into his storyline. He didn't have a standalone movie. We first saw him in the original Thor, protecting the hammer. Uh, I just, I, 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 that's, in my opinion, what the purpose was of the backstory. Poor Clinton Barton goes bye-bye. All right. Next up, Loki. I think uh, we're going to lose Loki finally. Love Loki, but uh, this is, it seems like the right arc. Maybe he, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think he, if, if this happens, does he die redeemed as a good guy or is he going to stab Thor in the back one last final yeah, time? Yeah, I don't think so. I think, um, I think if he goes, and I do think he goes, uh, I think that we've seen the way that it goes in multiple circumstances, in the Avengers, in Thor, the Dark World, in Thor, in now in Ragnarok. And it, so I think that you're going to see him uh, actually follow through on his plan. And I do believe that he, he, he dies redeemed as, as Thor's brother. Um, although I don't know how I would feel about that, but that's, that is how I feel like he goes. He goes, uh, and where his own ploy goes bad, uh, but he saves his brother and dies. All right. And, uh, last one. Last one is, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Now, Kevin Feige has been talking about the, uh, the changes that are coming in, in phase four and needing to get rid of the, the, the old to make space for the new. I believe we saw mm-hmm. the new king of the Marvel Cinematic Universe in uh, T'Challa. So I think Tony Stark could go. I really do. Wow. 
I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, he's made move. He's made the money. Um, and again, uh, we've talked about this before. I would love to see Shiri as the new Iron Man. Um, you know, the technology that's uh, T'Challa's sister, who uh, did an amazing job. She stole the stole the movie. I think she would make the perfect Iron Man replacement. Uh, and so they've got the chops for it. They've got the the the, the casting for it. Uh, and if 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 Feige is really putting his money where his mouth is, I think that's the I think that's the play. I think he'd kill Tony. Captain and Tony in one movie. Uh, I don't know if I could handle that. I don't. I don't know that I could either. Uh, I'm. I am fully expecting a giant, gigantic, emotional roller coaster from this movie, and uh, that's why, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I think I need to go on Thursday by myself. Uh, Thursday night, I'll do the either a nine or ten thirty, whatever, and sit there, and I need to go into the back of the theater, and I need to just take it all in. And you know, I felt that way about Star Wars, and now that. Ryan Johnson, who's crushed my soul, um, I need to to uh, bring it all in and do this with the uh, with the Avengers movies. That's right. Now we'll be going to the AMC theater on um, when we go together. Uh, the big lazy boy recliners will have a wait staff waiting on us. Uh, we'll be a hundred percent comfortable and immersed. We won't have to leave our seats at yeah, all. Yeah, no, it's a it's so. a good thing. I'm. Uh, Really looking forward to it, and I. Uh, but but again, I want to be able to enjoy it with you. I want to be able to um, bring what we bring to our listeners. But the the first time, especially if uh, uh, if if Cap goes, um, I'm going to be a mess in the corner. Like, uh, and and I'm not sure I want you to see me that way, honestly. So uh, I think I don't think I want anybody, not even my children, to to see me that way. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think I need to consume it uh, on the solo, but then I'll be very much looking forward to the reclining seats, the AMC, the uh, the whole nine, which I think Heather, uh, Coach Heather, is going to be joining us as well for that. Uh, endeavor. Oh, that's fantastic! So, yeah, it'll be nice. Yes, yes, I know uh, Caitlin will be there too. So. Yeah, it'll uh, be a good time. So, all right, man. Well, great show. Uh, thanks, man. This will be the last nerd pod before that groundbreaking Infinity War comes out. So everything will change next it week. Sure will. Hopefully, hopefully for the better. So, uh, thank you guys again. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and keep listening because uh, we love doing the show. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Leaning against me like a goddamn bull. So close to close, my skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my eyes. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming nerd pods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.